All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. And with that familiar music, you are welcome to Podkist episode 64. And uh, I am one of your hosts, Ken Mills. And with me is Gary Schaller. Gary Schaller here. And welcome to Podkist number 64. And Matt Porter. What's up, Kiss Army? Matt Porter here. Good to have you guys here as usual. Uh, well, We've been living with uh, Monster for about a month. So, Matt, how's uh, how's it sitting with you so far? You know, I, I really, it's pretty much dominated my CD player in my car since it came out. I still love it. I think even certain songs that at first I wasn't as thrilled with, everything's really grown on me. I, I've been listening to it constantly. So how are you doing, Gary? I'm doing great. I'm really psyched. I, it's about a month in, and I'm still loving Monster. I'm listening to it, uh, you know, at least once every few days and really enjoying the heck out of it. What about you? I'm digging it, too. Uh, do you want to tell people what our next episode is about? Well, Ken, it's, it'll be wrapping up another year. Mm-hmm. It'll, be our, it'll be our Christmas special, right? And I figure what better way to wrap up 2012 than with a roundtable discussion on the Monster record. Woohoo! Yeah. We've had a lot of requests for this. We've got people who are actually, like, lining up and signing up to be a part of it. I hope to involve everybody who wants to be involved, but I, I figure the conversation will be ongoing throughout end of this year and maybe even 2013, so if you don't get on board for this one, don't worry. We'll have you on at some point. I, I have to say that it's uh, it's pleasurable to have new Kiss music in 2012, and I'll save Absolutely. the rest for the roundtable. How's that for suspense? <laughs> there you go. Dun dun dun. No surprise to you, but we've actually got some people today who have sent us their two-minute review or so of Monster. We encourage you to do the same thing because we will use them throughout the next year or so. Absolutely. Here is the first of many to come, and it's Mr. Pete Larusa with his Monster review. <laughs> Hi, this is Pete LaRussa from Brooklyn, New York, and you are listening to Podkist. Okay, now it's time for my review. I will keep it short and sweet as asked. So the first thing I would definitely point out about Monster is that it far exceeded my expectations after what I thought was a very disappointing effort in Sonic Boom, an album we obviously waited for for many years following Psycho Circus, an album that I actually found to be very, very good. Um, so just to start, I would definitely say Gene Simmons really, really showed up on this album with some really strong material, unlike what I felt to be really subpar and cringeworthy moments on Sonic Boom. Uh, my favorite track out of all of his is Devil Is Me. Uh, as far as the Paul Stanley tracks, uh, besides for the single, which is very strong, um, Shout Mercy is definitely another highlight in the Paul songs. And another couple of highlights I definitely want to point out are Eric Singer's track, All for the Love of Rock and Roll. And even though it's not on the physical CD, the bonus track right here, right now, is definitely a top favorite of mine. Also, I definitely want to point out the production. While it's definitely slightly brick-walled, I definitely think they nailed it as far as overall sonics. The bass sounds very strong. The guitars are very, very good. I guess the only thing that I might knock a little bit is the drums. Slightly buried at times, maybe maybe to my ears, but it's just one of those things that I thought initially 
could have been a little bit louder, specifically the snare. Other than that, I would give Monster a solid three and a half star rating, and it's definitely their best record since Psycho Circus. Thanks, guys. That was very cool, Ken. And don't forget, if you're listening to this, that you can email us at podkist at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-K-I-S-S-T at gmail.com. We really do love to hear from you. And even if you don't like the album, you can still send your review. You can smash it, thrash it, or hit it, right? I like that. Very good. Hey, well, I see I know. see what you did there, Ken. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, occasionally people send us a cover version of a great Kiss classic, and here's one by Pete LaRussa. We actually heard his review of Monster just a little bit ago, so take it away, Pete. This is his version of Got to Choose.
History Science Theater, the most civilized. Yeah. Oh, f <laughs> oh, f <laughs> come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene with like, like a with like a washtub bass. <laughs> and serious. No way. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History Science Theater. We bust balls because we care. And in another one from the podcast mailbag, we have Mr. Jeff Rampula, who's been a fan since 1977, and here's his thoughts on Monster. Nice. Hello, fellow podcast listeners. I'm 40 years old and have been a Kiss fan since 1977, and this is my short review of Monster. The release date kept getting pushed back, but it was well worth the wait. My first thought was, damn, this is heavy. Much heavier than Sonic Boom. Big drums, big guitars, and big bass. There was some talk about the muddy sound quality, but I like it, and I think Paul did a fantastic job producing the album. Hell or Hallelujah is a strong opener. A great guitar riff, and probably Tommy's best solo on the album. Wall of Sound and Back to the Stone Age are Gene's strongest songs. I love the way he switches back and forth from his demon voice to his softer style of singing. I don't think Gene gets enough credit for his vocal abilities. Freak is a really catchy Paul tune. I love the concept of I am what I am, take it or leave it, but I think it's actually one of the weaker songs on the album. Right now my favorite song is Shout Mercy. It's got a great chorus and excellent background harmonies. Skipping around, Long Way Down is, is a great example of how diverse Paul's writing style can be. True to form, we get an old-school sexual innuendo song in Take Me Down Below, full of I want to put my log in your fireplace type lines. All for the Love of Rock and Roll features Eric on vocals. This is a great tune that even non-Kiss fans will love. Tommy's effort on the album is another catchy tune. It's got a really great riff, but the lyrics are a little corny, and I don't find it necessary for him to always sing a song that fits the Spaceman persona. Not even Ace did that. The album doesn't end on a weak note either, with Last Chance and Right Here Right Now both being strong enough to be released as a single. To sum it up, I think this album will go down in history as being one of their best. I hope this isn't their last release, but if it is, it's a great way to go out. This is Jeff Rampula from Manchester, Connecticut, a.k.a. Six Foot Hot Look AAM on the Kiss Facts discussion boards, and you are listening to Podkissed. Thank you so much for that review of Monster. It's always great to hear from you guys. And let's hear from Kiss. This is Kiss Live in 2012, performing Out of This World.
I'm glad they're doing that instead of shock me. Oh, man, you ain't kidding. So we encourage Kiss to keep up with the uh, new songs. Very, very good to hear the new songs in the set. And there's also a show out of Pennsylvania, from what I understand, a show called Cast Iron Ring. And they have a uh, Cast Iron Ring Special Edition Kiss episode that I encourage everyone to check out. It's pretty cool. They also mentioned the podcast. So, hi, guys. Hi, Rosh Valancourt. So, uh, and we're going to go into the podcast databank for this one. It's from Radioactive Metal host Roche with his review of Monster. So there we go. We won. We won toot it. Look at that. Hey, it's like Paul and Gene trading That's off right. back and forth. Say. Simple as that. Let's check that out now. This is Rock from Radioactive Metal, and you are listening to Podkissed. All right, my review for uh, Monster. Well, first off, I want to say, uh, in case you guys have never listened to uh, my podcast, Radioactive Metal, uh, I've been very vocal about how much I did not like Sonic Boom. Uh, It's been two years since it's been out, and I still can't listen to it all the way through. Uh, I was very disappointed by that that album. But, uh, you know, when, when they announced that Monster was coming out, I figured I would give this one a try. Uh, I've been a KISS fan since 1979, uh, maybe a little bit jaded by now, but I figured I would give Monster a try and uh, go with an open mind, listen to it with an open mind, and see how it came out. And actually, I enjoy this one much better than uh, Sonic Boom. I have to say, I really like the rawness of uh, the way it was recorded. I like how... Um, uh, Gene's bass sounds. It's very dirty, very heavy, um, and I always enjoy I always enjoyed heavy bass and good sa- bass sound because I used to play bass for many years and in in my own bands. Um, I have to say that uh, probably my favorite song is Wall of Sound. Uh, it just sounds nasty. It just sounds it's Gene. Uh, you know, like he's the best he's ever been. You know, and I have to say, I mean, uh, all the performances on here sound very inspired. Unlike Sonic Boom, this is, sounds much better. Uh, the guys actually sound like they were actually having fun recording this, and they not they were not going through the motions of just recording an album. So uh, all in all, right now, I've listened to the album a few times. It's been out since yesterday. It's only been a day. I've listened to it maybe three or four times. And I have to say that uh, I give it right now a 7 out of 10, and I know that that uh, rating will go up. As uh, as time goes on, that the more I listen to it, because I'm already I'm already enjoying it, and it's barely been out for a day. So, there you go. Very cool. Hey, you know, Ken, when we started the show. Back in the day, there weren't a lot of rock and roll podcasts the way there are now. And there you, were, there wait, were, wait a second. You mean back in the Stone Ages? Back where I belong. Yes. Um, there weren't a lot of rock and roll podcasts the way there are today, at least for the kind of rock and roll that we talk about on this show. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really stoked because you know now we've got we've got us, we've got you know Cassius, we've got Matt and Chris and, and a lot of cool guys. And I don't know, have you you were telling me about another one recently? 
We also have uh, Mr. Joey Haney and his wife Nola and him do a show called Rock Strikes 10, and you can find that on iTunes. And uh, they've they've got a four-part Kiss episode thing that they're doing, and it's really cool. So, Matt, the uh, Kiss Cruise happened recently. Uh, Kiss Cruise 2, actually. Cue the Love Boat theme. Uh, actually, we're not going to play that. Uh, copyright and all but uh and there's been a lot of cool stories about it what what has been some of your favorite moments from the kiss cruise anything that jumped out at you from a youtube clip since you and i sadly you you me and gary sadly did not wind up there and anything jump out at you any song that you played that you'd love to hear you know what i i love seeing everybody's pictures i think that's obviously the greatest thing about the internet age that we live in everybody can share their photo albums uh, my friend Lydia Blaze wrote little notes on napkins that said, I love the kiss room, and she took pictures of herself on the uh, on the cruise. So that was my as close as I think I'll ever get to being on the kiss cruise. But, uh, you know, really, it's the same kind of thing. It's great that they pull out little obscure songs, things like that. I wish they would pull more of those into the shows when they come around again on the Monster Tour. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to start saving my pennies now. We went to Disney World instead, so uh, I really don't have a lot of comments on the Kiss Cruise. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there with a lot more to say. And, of course, you can listen to the Superfan Andy's wrap-up of the Kiss Cruise. It's on the last episode of the Kiss Room. Right. Well, thankfully, we have a longtime podcast listener by the name of Joey Haney. He and his lovely wife, Nola, went on the Kiss Cruise, too, and he placed a call to us here at Podcast Central. So let's listen to that. Joey, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here on podcast. Long time listeners since episode three, but I've heard them all. Really? Do you have a favorite episode? Oh God, I, you do this to everybody, and I should. Yeah, have I had do. This I'm sorry. In, I'm sorry. In advance, I, I really like the uh, album focus episodes. So I guess uh, I really like the unmasked one, and I, you know, uh, God, that, that that one sticks out for some reason uh, because you play the Gerard McMahon version of "Is That You," and yep. I really like to hear that 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 kind of stuff. So. Very yeah. cool. Well, we're glad to have you finally on the show then. Uh, so how did you happen to get on the cruise? And uh, tell us about day one, if you would. Uh, maybe I'm part of the uh, problem of the American economy, but thank you, credit cards, first of all. Ouch. Or else, uh, yeah. Or as Gene <laughs> would say, ouch. Yeah, as long as you use the KISS visa, then it's yes, okay. Yes, you have to use the KISS visa. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's really all thanks to uh, my lady, Nola. She is the planner the preparer she's the everything wouldn't have had uh, any kind of way to get on this thing without her okay. uh we'll give so. a podcast shout out to nola we love you too yeah love you baby um and that's really was it like i you know i figured she was enough of a fan to where i know she would probably go on the cruise but she was the real instigator in all this so i'm always that kind of like well i'll save up and go next year kind of guy uh, but she was the one that pushed me along in there, and I'm glad she did. It was a blast. Best vacation ever, for sure. Very cool. Now, did you uh, have any interaction with the band themselves? Uh, nothing besides the photo, but, uh, you know, apparently we're just not the ones that go out there and hustle looking for the guys because so many people met, you know, all the guys in different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just after the cruise, seeing the messages on the boards, like, you know, I, I just happened to walk into one of the restaurants one night, and there's, like, Gene, Doc, and Paul, and I'm just like, wow, you know, like, even on a place like a boat, I still can't get to kiss one-on-one 
but <laughs> but a lot of people did. I mean, I'd have been happy with just the photo, even though that's all we got as far as band interactions. So, can you tell us about the acoustic show as you sailed away? Oh, it was great, and and f- for a guy that actually was lucky enough to go to the convention in '95, I was at the Dallas date. That's uh, my neck of the woods. Um, that was one of the best shows ever for me still, just because of the fact that it was loose, it was fun. I got to hear stuff as a hardcore fan. Of course, they would never play electric, or maybe not having even worked up electric ever. Uh, so it was it was great. And even just looking back on the set list when I got back you know, to land, I was like, wow, they really did play for a while because it was so cool. It just seemed like it was over like that. But they played like you know, basically about 20 songs, not counting the partials. Was there any one track that jumped out at you or something that you're like, oh, I can't believe they, they did this. This is awesome. Well, I mean, a lot of the partials, of course, I think people would have liked to have heard as a whole, you know, like a million to one. It's being reported those are being those are being played, but they were barely played, sort of like convention style where they kind of right. gave up after where a while. Or they do a little bit of it and then go yeah. on to something else. Usually they go, dun, dun, da, 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 da. Bong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, even that World Without Heroes Only Use segment, uh, very partial on those. But the real highlight, I'm sure some of you have already watched, like, the YouTube clips of the whole show. But, of course, everybody just got a kick out of uh, when they tried to attempt to do World Without Heroes and Gene was kind of given up on it, as he likes to do. Uh, Paul razzing him, saying, come on, play it. You could even cry at the end. And, I think uh, <laughs> we'll play a little bit of that right now from that YouTube clip here. God help us.
bit. Here's the bit where I cry. Hold on a second. There you go. In a world without heroes. In a world without sun. You can't look up to anyone. Nice. Let's change that. Well, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Now, this is going to be a weird question since it's probably one you didn't actually um, expect to have answered, but what was the food, the drink, and the accommodations like? Oh yeah, and that's definitely an important part of going on. Yeah, definitely, because because like you were talking that you didn't like get to hang out with the band, but you know, God forbid, you and Nola went and had a good time. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it was interesting because you know you have a few different options going on a, a six man cruise or even just like a Norwegian cruise, I guess is what this was officially. But uh, you know, the, the food accommodations, even if you're just completely going bare bones and going to the buffet section. You're going to eat pretty quality food, which is better than what you might be used to at your local, you know, cafeteria or Howard Johnson's or Luby's or whatever. And uh, Now, did you, you know, happen to run in Daddy Trunk at the buffet? <laughs> I used to make that joke. That's why he charged for um, his podcast, because buffets oh. are expensive in New York. So, Well, there you go. Uh, but, no, I didn't run into him, uh, you know, and it's one of those things. If he'd have been invited, you know he would have gone, but he he's... Uh, very quick to bash current kiss, you know, uh, in public. So now, as far as the accommodations, you were you were happy with everything. Yeah, like I said, the, the food was was pretty quality. They had all different types of foods. You got your burgers and your pizzas, of course, and you have your ribs, and you, know, you have your breakfast stuff during breakfast hours. You know, even there was even like these different restaurants you could go to and sit down and eat, like an actual restaurant, romantic mm-hmm. night out kind of thing. And even that was comped, you know. So it, it's. You know, it's nice, you know, for what you pay for a cruise, you know, I, I never felt a sense of entitlement like, oh, this better be free, but it was nice when it was. Now, what was the non-KISS entertainment like? I know that there was like the costume contest and uh, Skid Row was there. Is there anything you can tell us about all that? Yeah, we, we tried to catch a lot of the different bands, even the unknown bands. It, it's really hard sometimes because there was some stuff that was always conflicting with the other entertainment, even like the stuff... You know, this was, of course, very uh, shrewd on their part, like during the uh, Paul Stanley judging the belly flop pool contest at the same time the Gene Simmons guitar pick throwing contest was going on. So you got to kind of spread them out to different sides of the boat. So it's really hard to see everything and do everything. Even mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I caught a little bit of uh, Steven Adler's band, which was pretty cool and uh, good quality classic rock and roll of course skid row i've seen skid row more times with johnny selinger now than sebastian bach and yeah <laughs> and he's from dallas so he's mm-hmm. he's a hometown boy but um they're they're always super fun so i tried to catch as much as everything as i could you would have liked this ken the uh uh the yacht rock review band uh did a beatles hour oh uh, wow that would have been yeah. awesome yeah so just kind of going down uh walking down the stairs and hearing help and you kind of make a u-turn i'm like okay what's this <laughs> oh i definitely would have been all over that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> so cool. So th- I thought of you, actually. I was like, I can't wait to tell Ken about that. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Your 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 dreams have come true. Yeah. And um, I, do, uh, I do have to give a shout-out to uh, Graham Elwood, also the comedian that was kind of the host of the whole thing with the parties and everything, because I know people were bummed out that Craig Gass wasn't on this year, but Graham Elwood did a hell of a job. He's a great party host, and he's a really funny comedian, so there's my plug for Graham. 
Very good, very good. Um, was there anybody you'd like to mention as far as other KISS fans that you met up with? Anybody that you uh, met maybe from boards or anything? Oh, actually, yeah, we, we made a, we made some friends. Uh, mo- most importantly, uh, it was a couple from Massachusetts, and their names are Jim and Kim, which I think is great. Jim and Kim. Yeah, and, and they're total Boston, and uh, they're awesome. Boston, and- Bahaba, that kind of thing, eh? Oh, totally. And Jim, and Jim's really cool. He's a man. And rarely do you meet Kiss, you meet Kiss fans all over the world, mm-hmm. but rarely do you meet a Kiss fan. And every opinion you have that's a real hardcore opinion mm-hmm. uh, that that you'll get slammed for, you know, on the internet or something. Me and Jim are just like that when it comes to uh, opinions about the band, the direction, and all that kind of stuff. So that well, that was super cool. Well, don't you think part of that is that uh, people are tough guys on the uh, internet? Like, there's a lot of stuff said on message boards you wouldn't say to another human. Yeah, exactly. If you were face to face, you know. And and I thought, I thought I would. This would totally be my sanctuary away from that. But it was still kind of out there. I mean, I'm not saying it was in abundance, but like Mm -hmm. even at the acoustic show, there's a guy that's like right next to us, and he's giving Tommy shit, and I'm just like, come on, man, really? (laughs) Why would you spend all that money and do that? well, whatever. Yeah. It takes all kinds. Now, yeah. tell us about the uh, photo shoot. You got to meet the band and get your picture taken. Oh, man, yeah. And, of course, like anybody that has done this now, it's like part of their profile picture on Facebook. Of course, oh, yeah. Mine is. Um, they, it, it's so, it was so surreal, and I'm sure everybody will say the same thing, but you, know, you go in line, and the line's moving quick. And, of course, I understand you've got uh, like 2,500 people on board. And you're doing only two of these photo shoots, so I understand the whole cattle call thing. You got to get in and get out, and I get that. Right. Um, so, and even people complain about that. I'm like, come on, man, they're doing the picture, and you're getting Superman, not Clark Kent. Exactly. So this, this is a big deal, and they have the curtain kind of like you know blocked off, so you can't see the band while they're taking their personal photos. Mm-hmm. But what they don't prepare you for is as soon as you clear that curtain. They're like right there. It's like turning a corner in a hallway and running into Gene Simmons, like <laughs> full regalia. And that's really off-putting and amazing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So he just walked there and he's got his classic demon scowl going on, you know, like trying to intimidate you so you can have a really funny picture that you'll regret. And he holds his fist out, so you know, you fist pump with Gene mm-hmm. and a fist bump, excuse me. Yeah. And and it's just weird. And you see all the other guys, and it's just like wow. And and before you know it, the picture has been taken, and I'm, I'm, I know I looked behind me to look at the guys again, like, wow. And I guess Eric could tell that I was a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So without saying anything, he just looks at me, and he extends his hand out very slowly to shake my hand. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's okay, man. It's okay. And he was, you know, class. And, of course, I thank them all for doing this and being doing this for the fans and everything. I know I said things like that, but it's all kind of a blur. I'm very overwhelmed in my picture, obviously, too. But uh, everybody else looks great but me. Nola looks the best, of course. <laughs> well, that's probably always the case. My better half is called a better half for a reason. So Exactly, you know. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which night did you go to the, the electric show, the first or the second night? Yeah, here's where I get some people getting mad at me that we're on the cruise. I was fortunate enough to be on the second night, okay. uh, whereas they got five unique songs that we didn't get. We got eight unique songs. So Do you know the I, eight? Yeah, actually. I, the, well, the hit us with them. I, Go ahead. The only notes that I took is this. Okay. Uh, we got an opener, Take Me, 
which was unique to and they didn't play that except they did play it acoustic of course mm-hmm. but opening up with take me i don't believe that's ever been done and we also got do you love me making love i stole your love and it was great because fans broke There's a lot out of love the- songs there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and the fans broke out there was a section of fans that just started chanting i stole your love between every song mm-hmm. so they finally gave in and did it and that was special for me because my first kiss show was hot in the shade uh may 5th 1990 at dallas starplex and they opened up with that so that was the first time i ever saw kiss live was that song so that's a special song for me and the rest of them were she uh, a little bit of magic touch, not too much, but you know, just enough for the fans to sing along. Uh, Strutter and come on and love me, second to last before rock and roll at night. How did the monster song sound to you? Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. Um, very happy that they played a nice bulk of monster. I think the fans are pretty united. I would think in how much they really love this record, and I'm no exception. It was great to hear all those songs. Our, we got the same ones the first night did, but you know, we got Heller Hallelujah. Wall of Sound, All for the Love of Rock and Roll, Out of This World, and Long Way Down. Which was your favorite? Oh, for me, it's All for the Love of Rock and Roll. It's just, it's my favorite song on the album. Maybe that, I Love Eat Your Heart Out. Mm-hmm. And Wall of Sound, I think, has been the grower for me because I hum the riff all the time and the chorus sticks in my head. So it has to be one of my favorites, I guess. So Plus, Wall that of sound sounds really good live, too. Yeah, it really does. It's a good rocker, man. Yeah, all of them are, really. <laughs> Now, I'm sorry, but I interrupted you earlier. You are going to say something about Paul? Oh, uh, of course. Paul, Paul um, he said in the Q&A on the last day, um, not to skip ahead, but uh, he did mention that Long Way Down was his favorite song on the album, which kind of surprised me because that one hasn't really got me yet. And um, Eric said his favorite was Right Here, Right Now, which I thought was pretty cool, the, the iTunes exclusive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and Paul was great on you know Paul being the leader and just making that show go. And you could tell that those songs were improv too like they weren't planning to play those because they had all these preset video screens which you can clearly see on the clips mm-hmm. uh where there's stuff going on like war machine has all these clone soldiers and everything but when they're just playing it just goes to like a generic kiss logo and there's right. no extra video so very special show wow worth it just for that easily because they played like two and a half hours and you got to see it twice so you know yeah yeah and uh just would you see- how would you rate those as far as Kiss concerts? Because I assume you've been to a few of them. How would you rate that? Would would that be your your number one and two shows now at this point? Or uh, they really are. Um, I, I, the acoustic one, I, I, I think I probably liked the convention one just a tad better, just because it was it went on for like three hours. So right, you know, a lot of quantity. Uh, the quality was pretty equal, and you know, both shows were great. I say the electric show. Uh, at, on the cruise is the best Kiss show I've ever seen, with the exception of them not being able to do the you know typical Kiss pyro and everything. So for mm-hmm. that, it will have to tie with I guess. Yeah, like, you don't want to blow the boat up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they made up for it. They had the smoke and the confetti, which of course you could see those photos. Like you could not see the stage when the confetti cans were going during rock and roll all night. It was awesome. And if you stand close enough to Gene, you'll get uh, the the smoke and the slobber. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well, uh, what what did you think of the uh, the Q and A? Oh, the Q and A was fun. It was, uh, and I I forgot that they were even doing it, so we kind of rushed out there to to go see it. We had like a side view, so we were like like 
tilting our heads to look diagonal below us to see it, but, you know, we could hear everything, which was great. I thought some of the questions were kind of, eh, you know, like, just, like, how'd those fans get picked? Because they had really just kind of boring questions. Some of them, Well, it it always seems like the boring questions get picked. Yeah, the softballs, like, not the hardball questions, of course. But then again, I also look at it as kind of like, you know, you were saying, like, you you walked behind that curtain and Gene's standing there. It's kind of like, you can tell a kid he's going to go to the mall and see Big Bird or or Santa Claus, but when he actually gets there, he might sit there and cry or just look at the enormity of the size of Big Bird. You know, it's one thing to see it on your wall or on the video screen, and you turn a corner and then they are standing there. It's just kind 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 of surreal. Yeah, there was a woman that couldn't keep her composure. She just kept crying. So they got, they finally I spent all this money. No, I'm yeah, exactly. That was a little oh, throwback to the Tom Snyder interview, but uh. yeah, exactly. Thank you, Ace. And uh, uh, the the real, I think the highlight of the Q and A, a couple of things. One was there was a woman that went up there and she was being very sincere. She said, "My brother got me into Kiss, and I'm a huge fan of yours now. He died of cancer a few years ago." And Paul just kind of stopped down and said, "That's." You know, they didn't know what to say, so they had a moment of silence for her brother, and I thought that was really cool. Everybody took part in that. Um, on a lighter note, um, people asking, like, you know, oh, who would your all-time supergroups be that you could be in, living or dead? And Paul basically named off all of Led Zeppelin and said, I'd stay home. And uh, <laughs> Gene, of course, I bet you would know what he would pick. He just picked the Beatles. The Beatles. And uh, he, he just couldn't. St- he couldn't. You couldn't get Gene to answer any of the hard questions out right. there. And then, and 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 then I think Eric said something like, "They they got to be possible, or you, it's got to be possible within the realm of possibility, or something." And yeah, but every but you couldn't you couldn't get an answer out of Gene. You, you've seen the clip, I'm sure. Yeah. But then, like when he ta- starts talking about the Beatles, you can't shut him up. He's just like the best songs, hundreds of songs. <laughs> It's so funny. So I guess Gene and I have something in common other than a big mouth and, you know, the Beatles. So And the same voice. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, not Gene Simmons that does that. I'm I'm Ken Mills. They're two different people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is not Gene Simmons. This is Ken Mills. See the difference? Yeah. It's like it's Clark Kent Superman. Anyway, uh, well, I'm looking at this picture of you and Nola, and uh, it looks pretty cool, pretty good shot. I like this. This is pretty sharp. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, it has to be the best picture ever, and it is for me. So, it, it works. It definitely works. So, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Um, I, I would say, honestly, to any hardcore Kiss fans, and if you're listening to podcasts, you, you have to be obviously. Um, if you can help it, uh, if you're going to pay for it the whole year, it's still worth it to go on the Kiss cruise. That's uh, Sixth Man is a great staff. Even the Norwegian Cruise Line people is a great staff. Uh, they they found my they found my uh, shoes that I lost on there. <laughs> um, I, I just can't say enough nice things about the the experience as a whole. And also, hardcore fans, if you do go, take part in that T-shirt swap because I made out like a bandit on that thing. So do next, that now. W- would you go again? Absolutely, I want to go next year, and hopefully I can. But the good news is, and here's kind of a. Uh, this might be out and about, kind of maybe a little bit of an exclusive here for Podkist, but okay. uh, uh, they've signed on for five more years from what wow. I've heard. That's yeah. something I did not know. So you have no excuse not to go, any of you. Well, well, Mr. Joey Haney, I think we're going to have to get you a Podkist shirt uh, at some point to, oh, to do the, would, the, the uh, swap with. You know, I'd wear it proudly. 
Okay, so. I'll, I'll have to send you a file. You'll have to get one made. Something really cool happened on the second night. You mentioned Eric Singer. Uh, could you talk about what happened? Uh, Eric Singer uh, has been one of my favorite members of the band, and you know I'm a big defender of Eric's. Um, he didn't let me down on the cruise, you know, besides just reaching out for the handshake uh, and just being really cool about it. Night two, I'm sure some of the fans are aware of this, but uh, the, the the whole set finishes, last encore, end of rock and roll night, and his tech comes up on stage and starts breaking down the uh, the drum set, and then Eric kind of kind of stops him for a minute. Eric starts taking off cymbals that he played that night, takes them off the thing, unscrews them, gets a Sharpie out, signs it, hands it out to this girl in the front row, does it again, does it again. And uh, every stick that he had left, even stuff from the back, picks. Eric stayed on stage for like another five minutes just giving stuff away to fans. you know. And I don't think that Eric has to, uh, you know, Eric makes his money and he could just go home. Uh, he doesn't have to bribe the audience. Anybody that's on that cruise is not going to be too much of an Eric basher, I don't think. He just does stuff like that. And uh, Eric Singer was definitely a massive class act on, on the cruise, that's for sure. He More pictures I've seen of him than anybody else with fans. So. Wow, that was pretty cool. Hi, this is Eric Singer of KISS, and you're listening to PodKissed. Hi, this is Joey from the Rock Strikes 10 podcast, and you are listening to PodKissed. The original and still the best. Gosh, you're so sweet. Uh, well, give Nola our best and tell her that we love her. And uh, we love you. And thanks for listening to the show. And thank you for being part of it. And we hope to have you on again. And enjoy next year's cruise. Absolutely. Love you too, guys. You keep making them. I'll keep listening. All right. Well, God bless. We'll see you. Thank you. Bye. And, Joey, what is your podcast again? Uh, the podcast is called Rock Strikes 10. Uh, like Cheap Tricks, Clock Strikes 10. If you just Great search song. for it on, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you just search for it on iTunes, type in Rock Strikes 10, you'll find it under the name Joey is the artist. And uh, the website is cnjradio.com. That C is in Chris, N is in Nola, J is in Joey, radio.com. Uh, we got a new show starting up really soon, and currently we have Rock Strikes 10 and uh, the Wrestling House Show, which is a, a pro wrestling show that will be relaunched very soon. So I'm proud of all my shows. Very cool. All right, well, cue that guitar sound effect as we go to our next clip. Wall of Sound. You can't stop the roll of the thunder Yeah You won't take a shot So give me all you got You can't break the spell that I'm The rest of the world's gonna shine 
Well, it is over at KissFact. They're doing a thing called Novelder. Have you heard about this, Matt? Sure. Uh, both Julian and Tim are doing an excellent job of recording the history of the Elder. And it is it is amazing the work that they've done. They've been putting up great, rare interviews with people, even Ty Tabor from King's X and tons of different stuff. And uh, they, they also did an interview with the photographer, David M. Spindle, and we happened to have interviewed him as well. So in the spirit of Novelder, we're going to air our little interview with Mr. David Spindle. He's famous for working, uh, taking photos of John Lennon. And, of course, you know him from Kiss. He was the guy who did the Elder Door, the Elder, the, the inside of the Elder album. You know, the hand on the door. That was him. And uh, he also did uh, some stuff on the Alive album. Remember the, the big pink Kiss logo? Remember that, Matt? Wow. Yeah, so here's a little bit of an interview from Mr. David Spindle. Uh, and please check out Kiss Fact with their no Novelder month so enjoy that hi this is dave spindell and you're listening to cod kissed podcast so oh, let me let me do it again. Hi, this is Dave Spindell, and you're listening to Podcast. Very good, very good. Joining us on the phone, we have David Spindell. David uh, has a very huge resume, uh, a very impressive list of people that he's photographed over the years. People like George Burns, Regis Philbin, John Lennon, Doug Henning, Yogi Berra, Joe DiMaggio, Marty Allen. Uh, Chuck Connors, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Liberace, uh, Hillary Clinton, Anna Jerry Mira. It just goes on and on and on. I'm getting tired listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> and Mickey Rooney's in there, too. Yeah, I met him. How did you get into photography? Well, I started doing it when I was a kid. Like, I, I think my mother said I was eight or nine years old. She bought me a brownie Hawkeye, and I started taking pictures, but never realizing that I would end up doing that as a profession. As a matter of fact, before I moved to Arizona, I still had the Brownie Hawkeye my mother had bought me. I wasn't using it anymore because I couldn't find flash bulbs for it. How did you wind up working with KISS, and exactly what did you do? You worked on probably their most important album, Alive. I had an advertising studio in New York, commercial advertising, and I was working with this agency called Howard Marks, and an art director named Dennis Wallach, and uh, I did a lot of different things for them. And along came uh, Dennis and said, would you like to do some stuff for a, a musical group? I said, anything. You know, I'm a photographer. I don't limit myself who to work for or what to do. And it turned out to be for KISS. And it was interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Every job was a challenge, you know, because Dennis liked to really do something that represented the image that KISS was, you know, building at that time. Now, people people who are, are familiar with history should know both of the names that you just dropped, um, Howard Marks and Dennis Wolick. Uh, Dennis Wolick was Kiss's art director, correct? I, to the, you know, and I believe he's still in contact with them. Mm -hmm. But it's funny, one of the first uh, things I was doing for Kiss, when I initially opened up my studio, it was before... Everybody who's using all these big electronic strobes, I was using what they call hot light, big reflectors and all. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had 
a lot of lights on this thing because I was doing stuff with colored gels and stuff to try and, uh, you know, give the same feeling as the KISS does at their concert. And I had these 2,000-watt floodlights plugged in on two sides of my studio. And for some reason, I grabbed, I had one, I was moving it over, and I grabbed the other one. And uh, not knowing about electricity, I completed a, a, some kind of a circuit. I almost electrocuted myself. I couldn't let go of the light stands. I actually kicked one of them out of my hand because so I, I couldn't let go. Fell backwards, hit my head on the radiator. I cut myself. And Dennis thought I was joking around. I said, you... I won't use the word I used then, but I said, I almost died doing a Kiss album. I could see it now in the newspaper, you know. <laughs> Kiss yeah. photographer dies well. Picture, you know. Yeah. But somehow I survived and went on to do, you know, a lot of different things. The one I enjoyed the most was Kiss the Elder, because it was a challenge finding the table that Dennis wanted for the photo. Well, we're going to get uh, to that, but uh, first let's talk about the Alive album. Okay. What all did you do for that? You did the famous notes. Yeah, and what kills me, my uh, neighbor's, uh, one of my neighbor's kids like Kiss, so I let him borrow the notes to show. He wanted to take it to show and tell, and I forgot all about it. I just spoke to his brother last year. He still has them, so I'm trying to figure out how to get them back because they're probably worth a small fortune. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you that they're worth nothing so that you, you know, give them to me for almost nothing. So that will be fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That and elephants don't fly, right? Right, exactly. Um, hey, it doesn't hurt to try, right? Yeah. I wasn't born yesterday. A couple of weeks ago, maybe. But not yesterday, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah, those probably would uh, fetch quite a uh, huge price on eBay. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. I'll and worry about it when the time comes. I'll just say, hey, you know, because I spoke to his brother, and he told me that his brother still has him. And I, I tried to reach him a couple of times saying, you know, it's about time you returned them. <laughs> you know, I'll let you borrow them. But, you know, they, what happens is their family moved away to Florida and I lost contact with them. It wasn't until just, you know, about a year ago that his brother actually contacted me, found me on, you know, on the, my website and wrote to me. Wow. The small world, that's for sure. I'm sure that almost any KISS fan worth their salt would love to get a hand on those things. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, Gene Simmons would like them. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I remember uh, opening up that album when it came out, and uh, I bought the album at uh, James Way Department Store. I don't know if you remember those or not. Yeah. And I remember uh, opening that album up and seeing those notes and, and seeing that pink logo. You did that too, didn't you? Yeah. Now, now, how did you do that? Well, you know what? I was going to get the, I have the albums here. I'm okay. just going to get it to refresh my memory. Hang on a sec. Okay. I have some albums from Yoko Ono here, too, because I did work for her. Oh, wow. Let's see. But is that, you know, full page that just says Kiss? Mm-hmm. It's pink and all. Well, what? Um, before I moved to Arizona seven years ago, I still had that in my possession. I mean, it was over 20 years that I had it, but I got lost when I moved. But the original piece was just a black and white acetate. Mm-hmm. Dennis gave me, and he says, can you do something with this to make it look like it's something for Kiss? And I remember racking my brains for a while, and then I came up with this idea to use colored gels and light it from, from the back, and it worked out fine. But there was like four exposures to get that effect. Wow. And it's lost in moving. Yeah, in moving. You're going well, to I, make- I was in New York to visit my kids, and I'm... 
in an old record store. Mm-hmm. And just to kiss a live album, selling for a quarter, and I open it up, and of course I see my name, I said, you know, I feel I'm really old. <laughs> the album's going for a quarter in an antique store. Yeah, but that's because they didn't know what they had. Yeah. That album on vinyl, uh, if it's in good shape, fetches a nice little penny. Yeah, I just, it's, I've never taken it out of the folder. I have wow. two. S- still sealed? No, they're open, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. So I gotta I figure I gotta look inside and see what it is. Oh, yeah. what I do have is um, Kiss the Elder. I have the printing proofs that they uh, they made before they actually cast, you know, made the albums. I think mm-hmm. I emailed them to you. I don't know if you saw it. Yes, I did. Excellent yeah, well, stuff. Those, those are laminated proofs of the the cover and the inside, which are probably worth a few bucks too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But what's funny? Um, I photographed paintings of the KISS uh, group for, uh, you know, Dennis, and it ended up on the back of a bus in New York, just the four portraits of them. I forget the name of the artist who did them. The one from the solo albums. That's what our audience will know them as. Yeah. So I pulled up behind the a New York City bus, got out of my car, and took the sign off the back of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, I sold that poster for over $700 on eBay. I couldn't believe it. Because we were moving. I said, what am I going to do with this thing? Because, you know, I had that, and I had a bottom and belly post I had done, and a few other things. But I really found that funny. Here, I took it off the back of the bus. I didn't get arrested, but I kept it because, you know, I did the photographs for it. Mm-hmm. Now, did you did you shoot the band ever? I mean, did you ever actually do the actual? My son was a fanatic Kiss fan, needless to say. Because my son's a drum. He has been for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. So he got me to go to a concert. I almost had a heart attack and got hard of hearing. I, you know, I took pictures, but I wasn't up close or anything. Somewhere I have a roll of film with the pictures. But, uh, you know, I, if I had asked Dennis for tickets to go, I probably could have got a better, better seats, but I didn't think of it because my son had already gotten tickets somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I could have, I couldn't take it. You know, I'm an older person. <laughs> that right. noise for me. But, uh, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. So what does your son think about the fact that uh, one of his favorite bands is somebody you've done the album covers for? Doesn't that blow his mind? That, that was mine. And then, you know, when I got to photograph John Lennon, uh, you know, I had ideally was going to arrange for him to come and meet John, but unfortunately he was killed three weeks after I photographed him. But a couple of months after that, Yoko was doing a special project in Central Park, you know, by Strawberry Fields, and she asked me to come and take photographs, and I brought my son along, so I got to meet Yoko, which was, like, mind-boggling to him, just meeting, you know, one of the icons. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts about John Lennon as you uh, photographed him? Well, it's an interesting story how I met him. Uh, I had a young lady who was the fiancé of the architect that was building a new home for my wife and my family. Uh, and it was I was a little nuts. I was young, and no one told me to get rich and famous first. We designed a house with 23 rooms, which was insane. And it turns out the um, architect's fiancé wanted to be a photo rep. So I ended up, you know, telling her to come into the studio. I'd teach her what it's all about, and she could become a rep. Well, she ended up wanting, you know, to find the photographer. So I said, well, you can rep me. And she was nervous. She said, no, you're pretty well known. I've never done it. I said, well, you got to start somewhere. 
I said, I remember when I graduated college, I tried to get a job, and I couldn't get a job because, you know, everyone would say, do you have any experience? I said, how do I get experience if no one gives you a job? And two weeks later, she came back to me and said, you know, there's, uh, my brother-in-law-to-be got a job working with these musicians, and they heard about you through him, and they'd like to see your work. So I said, well, I don't know if, I, you know, they probably don't want to pay a lot because they just wanted some candid shots while they're recording. So I figured, you know, that's not, I could do it, but I don't want to really be bothered because they'll probably offer me a hundred bucks or something. So we said, no, they, you want to see your work. So as a courtesy, I said, all right, I'll put together a portfolio. Well, I put together a portfolio of all my still life. I had a shot of a, a white woman nursing a black baby. I figured stuff they'd never go for. Well, of course, Don and Yoko thought it was fantastic. And he comes back and says, they want to hire you. I said, oh, who are these people? He says, I can't tell you. I said, what do you mean you can't tell me? I'm going to photograph them. He said, well, this, this quote, this guy hasn't done anything in five years, and he doesn't want, they don't want anyone to know about it. I said, okay. So I figured, I'll get out of it. I gave him a price no one in their right mind would pay. Comes back and says, they said, fine. I said, who are these people? He says, don't worry about it. They're good for the money. I said, are you sure? How about giving me a purchase order? He says, believe me, they'll pay you. I went up to the hit factory. I still don't know who I was photographing, and I was really getting annoyed. I was sitting there like an hour waiting while they were doing whatever they were doing. Yoko came out of the recording area, and she looked familiar, but I couldn't play, so I wasn't really following the Beatles and the breakup that was going on or was supposedly going on and how they didn't like Yoko or whatever. And she takes me into this room, and and she's telling me she wants a group shot of everybody. So I explained to her, I can't get a shot of everybody in this room. From what I gather, there's like a dozen people involved. So I go out with her looking for another location in the hit factory. I come back, and there's a guy lying on the floor getting a massage. I said, boy, these musicians got it made. I start (laughs) to my equipment, and the guy turns over, and it's John Lennon. I almost passed out. Him I knew. (laughs) Yeah. He says, uh, you know, I usually charge people to watch me get a massage. So not being going to be outdone by John Lennon and me being the kid from Brooklyn, I said, well, I usually charge people to watch me move my equipment. Let's call it even. He sort of of chuckled a little bit. He said, I think I'm going to like working with you. And that's how I met John Lennon, who was totally awesome to be with. What was your first impression of Kiss? Well, initially when I became exposed to them, I said, these guys are going to go far because they had a unique style. And I said, they're going to just, you know, if they stick to it, they'll develop and become, you know, really sensational. Because I did some work for a group called Stars, S-T-A-Z. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, they disappeared. They just didn't have that certain something uh, extra. They were another act on the a coin roster. Yeah, they were in that same time frame. Mm-hmm. Um Dennis did work for them also. I still actually have some pictures of my son with the individual guys uh, in the group. I even have, uh, they did an album cover where they, they were supposedly arrested, I think, mm-hmm. and they had to put their fingerprints on these cards. Like when you go to a police headquarters, you put your thumb and your other fingers on a card. I still have those four cards with their fingerprints on them. Wow. So I tried to save everything because <laughs> I'm a collector. You know, if you look at my other work that I do, my still lifes, uh, other than the you know commercial work I do, I'm a memorabilia kind of freak, and I collect everything. Let's go back to uh, working with Kiss. Did you meet the members, and if so, when did you first meet them? The only one I met was Paul Stanley. Uh, the and Kiss Elder album cover is, is the hand on the door knocker. That's that's him. Well, now you just answered a question that people have debated about for years. 
believe it or not. Um, yeah, whose <laughs> hand is on that door? And Bill O'Coin said that there was a model hired for it, but that Paul came in and... No, he wanted to do it. There was, I never heard anything about a model. All right, well, you, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get out of your way, and I'm going to let you tell us the story of you working on The Elder. How did that come about? When did they contact you? And what was your experience, and what was it like meeting Paul Stanley? Well, again, I, I was already doing work for with Dennis, and he told me, he got this new album they're doing called Kiss the Elder, and he told me the concept he had, and uh, he wanted this big uh, like table that looked like it was from 1800s, so it took me weeks to find a, a prop rental uh, place that had that table. And then I rented it, and then it took like a, a half a day to get it up the steps into my studio because it wouldn't fit on the elevator, and I didn't have a freight elevator that, in my building. And wow. you know, we, we did the cover, and then uh, you know, Dennis had the door made, uh, you know, for the cover. A lot of people think uh, it was a model of a door that was off of some old castle, or it was similar to you know St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. I I have no idea what whether the style of the door came about. But Dennis uh, told me, he says, uh, by the way, uh, one of the guys in the group, Paul, wants to come and use his hand on the door. I said, doesn't matter to me whose hand it is. I'll photograph it. And I remember he was very nice. Uh, he wasn't there that long because it didn't take long. I had everything all set up, ready to go, because I figured he's busy. He's not going to spend the whole afternoon with me. And we did the shot. As a matter of fact, I think I emailed you a picture of him hiding his face with his hand on the door. Yes. So people would say, who was that? You know, because at that point in time, no one really knew what the guys looked like. But now, you know, that's, everybody knows. Wow. So, so what was his uh, temperament like, or, or what was he like to work with, I guess? Very, very pleasant. You know, very, you know, talk, we joked about things. I don't remember exactly at this point, because this was maybe 25, 30 years ago. So I really don't remember any of the conversation. How does it feel to be part of history? It's funny, I, I don't really think about it, you know, but every now and then, you know, when I pull out one of the old albums, I see my name on the bottom, I said, boy, look at that, I'll be around for a while. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been doing lately is putting together books on the different categories of my career. I just put together a whole book of the photographs I took of John Lennon. It's called the Fantasy or Reality. And, you know, so my kids will have something, you know, as a, something to say, look what my dad did. What are you doing now? Well... I used to work for Major League Baseball off and on for 25 years. I was friends with Joe DiMaggio and Phil Rizzuto, a lot of the Yankees. As a matter of fact, I just got a Happy New Year card from uh, Ralph Branca, who was on the Brooklyn Dodgers. He's the baseball player that uh, was the pitcher for the Dodgers who pitched to Bobby Thompson, who hit that famous shot heard around the world. And I've switched from baseball players to Cowboys, living in Arizona. As a matter of fact, uh, last April I was invited to U. O'Brien's uh, 86th birthday party to take photographs. He used to play Wyatt Earp on TV. Mm-hmm. And I've met a lot of other guys from the TV series I used to watch on TV. I was good friends with Chuck Connors, you know, as you mentioned. And what's really funny, to have the reruns now on Saturday morning here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I've met uh, Peter Brown, who was on a TV show called Lawman. Ty Harden, his name was Bronco Lane. Plus, I'm doing a lot of photography for, you know, people. I'm actually, to keep myself busy, I've done a couple of weddings, which is nice. But, you know, I, I don't limit myself to my doing anything. I love photography. I'll never retire. I tell people I relocated. I'd like to thank you for being part of the show, for being part of Kistry, and thank you for spending some time with our listeners and myself today. Yeah. And we wish you good luck. Would you like to plug your website? 
Oh, yeah, that's uh, SpindelVisions.com. Oh, one other funny thing I think you'll enjoy about the, uh, Gene Simmons. Sure. I came up with this idea of there's so much Kiss memorabilia out there, and Gene, has just, I'm sure, has one of everything. So through someone I know, I ended up getting his fax number. So I faxed him saying that, you know, I'm the photographer that did your original albums in the beginning. I'm a still art photographer, and I create these collages, and I, you know, I said, I'd be happy to send you some samples of ones I've done for Major League Baseball of, you know, the different teams with hundreds of items in one photograph. I'd love to create something for KISS. I'm in a meeting with some executives in New York around this big conference table, and the secretary comes in and says, you have a phone call from a Mr. Gene Simmons? Well, half the guys there knew who he was. <laughs> I get on the phone and says, what do you want? I said, well, and I explain what I want. He says, how much are you paying me? I said, no, you don't understand. I want to just create this, and you can market it. He says, well, I want ten grand. Plus, well, I, I guess this isn't going to happen. <laughs> wow. But that was that being missed opportunity. I, yeah. Again, my you know my website is like my name Spindle S P I N D E L Visions dot com. You wanted the best, you got the best, and if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's your place for all things Kiss and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Well, thank you for being on the show, guys, and uh, we got another one under the belt, and we look forward to next month's Monster Roundtable, the big one, Monster. <laughs> all right. That so was great. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Gary. I'll see you guys. All right. Bye-bye. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, Thank you for listening to Podkiss, the Kiss fanzine for your ears. It's all right. See you in December. A month to remember. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Phoenix, make good choices. But it's really good, huh? I thought it was great. Is it better or worse than Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? Don't. Don't be foolish. And I'm grateful that you threw away my old shoes and brought me here instead dressed in red. Oops. Oops. Chala, 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 chala.